E.B. White. E.B. White is most known nowadays as the author of, a, of popular books for children. The Trumpet of the Swan, Stuart Little, and Charlotte's Web. I still have my paperback copy of Charlotte's Web, which I bought at a book sale when I was in elementary school. And White, though he's known for those books, also co-wrote the book of writing and grammar called The Elements of Style. He wrote that with William Strunk, Jr. And in his time, in his own day, White was also known as an essayist, writing for the New Yorker magazine for many years while living a good portion of his life on a farm on the coast of Maine. I couldn't track down in what essay it is included, but White once wrote, I arise in the morning torn between a desire to improve the world and a desire to enjoy the world. This makes it hard to plan the day. I sometimes feel that desire to make this world a better place in tension with the desire just to enjoy life, to enjoy life as it presents itself. That tension does make it hard to plan the day, and it raises the question, how shall we fill the days that have been given to us? To what end shall we direct our activities? What business should we be about? Well, the story of Jesus' childhood, this childhood visit to the temple, provides the opportunity to reflect on these kinds of questions. Now, the story of Jesus teaching the adults in the temple in Jerusalem is unique to the Gospels. It is not included anywhere else but in the Gospel according to Luke. And it gives us a, a snapshot of his life, Jesus' life, between the events of his birth and his baptism later on by his cousin John. Earlier in Luke, uh, Jesus was circumcised, as was the custom, when he was eight days old, and he was presented in the temple on, uh, when he was 40 days old, as also was the custom. And from there, we flash forward to this event uh, in Jesus' boyhood, when Jer Jesus, Mary, Joseph make, make the annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover. Uh, Luke tells us that at that time, Jesus was 12 years old, which means he was old enough to, to take on adult responsibilities adult religious responsibilities. Uh, pilgrimages played an important part in Jewish life. The law required that Jewish men participate in three pilgrimages, uh, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And so here Luke shows Jesus taking on those adult responsibilities by participating in this pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover. But on the way back, it is discovered that Jesus is missing. Mary and Joseph might have thought that he was with the other, other pilgrims with them because, because family and friends were also taking that journey from Nazareth to Jerusalem and back again. But when he didn't appear at the end of the first day, Mary and Joseph returned to Jerusalem to look for him. And so they search for him. And after three days of searching, they find him sitting in the temple, listening to the teachers and asking questions. And his understanding and answers amazed the adults who were present. And his parents, they were also astonished. And so we ha here we have this, this beginning of a pattern that will be repeated throughout Luke, that people will be astonished and astounded by what Jesus says and does. But nevertheless, Mary rebukes Jesus for the anxiety that he has caused them. And she asks, child, well, why, why have you treated us like this? And in his first spoken words in the gospel according to Luke, Jesus innocently asks his parents, did you not know that he must be in my father's house? Now this question, Jesus' question, can also be faithfully translated as, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? 
as important as important as the temple was in Jewish life, the emphasis here is not on where they find Jesus so much as the emphasis is on what Jesus was doing. He was going about his father's business. One of the key words here is must. Jesus must be about his father's work. He must be about God's activity because Jesus was born to fulfill God's purposes, to go about God's business. His life, as we will see, will not be driven by any other motives than God's redemptive purposes. And so this story, the story of Jesus as a, as a youth, as it is read on the second Sunday after Christmas Day, is a bridge. It is a bridge that connects the story of Jesus' birth with his later ministry as an adult of proclaiming and enacting the kingdom of God. And the story tells us that the child born on Christmas Day will grow up to teach us and commission us as representatives and ministers of that kingdom. And, and it shows us a way of resolving the tension between our desire to improve the world and our desire to enjoy the world. Because I do think that Jesus would want us to enjoy and savor life. In the Gospel according to Matthew, Jesus says, For John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Well, by consorting with tax collectors and sinners, enjoying fellowship with them over food and drink, Jesus was going about God's business. The kingdom of God was made present by that very kind of activity. Enjoying the world and improving the world are not mutually exclusive activities. By both desires are reconciled by Jesus. Now the pastor and author uh, and church planter, Timothy Keller, he says something that I think gets at this in his book on church planting. He says, only if we produce thousands of new church communities, seek the common good of the whole city, especially the poor, and disciple thousands of Christians to write plays, advance science, do creative journalism, begin effective and productive new businesses, use their money for others, produce cutting-edge scholarship and literature, only then, only then will we actually begin doing all the things the Bible tells us Christians should be doing. That description of Christian life and mission is one that inscribed, to me, describes enjoying the world and improving the world. It describes participating in Jesus' ministry of building the kingdom of God by fully participating, savoring, and engaging in life by acts of service through art, business, teaching and learning. Those are the very ways in which the kingdom of God is made present. So as we look, as we look ahead to a new year as individuals, as families, as a church community, what business will we be about? Whose business will we be about? I hope for all of us that the kingdom of God can bloom and flourish in that creative tension between our desire to improve the world and our desire to enjoy the world. And in that tension, I hope that we can find it easier to plan our day. Amen.